I've got new reporting this morning on Jim Jordan's quickly narrowing path to the speakership. A senior Republican House member tells me he has spoken to 20 Republicans who are vowing to block Jordan if he forces a vote on Tuesday. He can only afford to lose four. A big reason why? Republicans don't want to reward the hardliners who ousted Kevin McCarthy and sunk Steve Scalise. This member told me we can't reward this behavior. He said we can't let a small group be dictators. But another source familiar with the matter says Jordan has had positive conversations with his colleagues this weekend and is ready to force that Tuesday vote. Jordan believes he can eventually convince the holdouts to back him. Our panel is back. Leanne, you're in the hallways every day with me talking to these members, getting a sense of, of where they are. What do you think of Jordan's strategy? If he goes through with this Tuesday vote, potentially to dare those members to go up and vote for somebody else at this time? Well, as one senior Republican aide told me, it's risky um, because most people, many people, I should say, who I talk to say that Jordan does not have the votes and that he's not going to get the votes. There is a lot of hard feelings. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of, uh, you know, disarray within the Republican Party. Um, so I think that the question is, you know, some people want him to have this vote just to put people on the record, mm -hmm. see where everyone stands, how much support he is lacking. There's another Republican who told me that it is actually very dangerous to put a vote on the floor to show uh, how many people would vote against Donald Trump because Donald Trump is in back backing Jordan and against Jim Jordan. But so there's a lot of political calculations to be had, but ultimately this party has been unable mm -hmm. to govern, to function, and do the easiest thing possible, which is supposed to be elected leader. I mean, there's just something genuinely funny at this point, actually, about somebody having the strategy of I'm going to put this vote on the floor and dare people to vote against the nominee for Speaker of the House, right? Like, we've seen this plot several times. People are fully willing to do that. It's, it should be baked into the sort of strategic calculations of the people involved here. And look, I think, you know, we heard this in your, uh, the reporting that you just uh, outlined. The basic problem here is it's not really clear what the Republican conference wants to do with power, right? That if they had a governing agenda that had some urgency and consensus support of the party, somebody would be able to make the case that the longer we spend chasing our, chasing our own tail uh, in the process of electing a speaker, that is putting off our opportunity to do X, Y, and Z for the American people. But what is that agenda? And look, that's a, such a great point because sometimes people say that they'd be better in the minority. A lot of these members right. are just used to the minority, not actually putting forward a governing agenda, which has been so difficult uh, in this Congress. So there's a lot of possibilities how this could play out. Maybe Jordan forces this vote. Maybe he drops out. There has a conference meeting, I'm told, tomorrow evening. House Republicans are expected to meet. They're expected to discuss their way forward. We'll see how that, that goes here. There's also the possibility that others could jump in if Jordan drops out. Some names have been floated, uh, the like uh, Congressman Mike Johnson, Mark, Congressman Mark Green, Byron Donalds, Tom Emmer, Patrick McHenry, who's the interim speaker, even speaker, former Speaker Kevin McCarthy himself. The problem is that none of them seem possible to get 217 votes, which is really the, the underlying problem in all of this. Right, and to Alex's point, if Israel being attacked by Hamas, you know, I think there was some thought that after that happened that maybe that would rally Republicans to move very quickly to try to find a speaker, and that didn't even get them to unify and find a speaker, and they left for the weekend. And one House Republican texted me saying that the fact that they can't even get a speaker and be able to pass aid for Israel sends the wrong signal to adversaries that democracy can't work. So yeah. 
Some of those uh, Republicans that are more moderates are very concerned about the signal this sends to allies and adversaries and, abroad. And the distrust is just so palpable. I mean, the, there are members who just simply don't, don't want to support who another candidate, who the hardliners support, because why should we reward them is, is the thinking among them. I just want to get a sense of just how much frustration there is uh, among Republicans, and they're airing that out publicly. How does that make you guys look? Makes us look like a bunch of idiots. This is petty. This is petty, and I'm getting freaking tired of it. We're a ship that doesn't have a rudder right now, and I'm thoroughly disappointed in the process. This is not responsible. We need to elect a speaker. We've allowed emotion uh, to get in the way of logic. People are looking for a perfect system. Uh, they shouldn't be looking at the U.S. House right now. I mean, that's the issue. Yes. Uh, I mean, being able to get these guys to agree when they're all pointing at each other. And they all have different interests, and some of them have the interest of just getting attention and being on TV. And that, uh, that, that incentive structure, the, 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 the old incentive structure of wanting to work your way up into, into leadership or to committees or having you know, earmarks for your district, all of those incentives are broken. And now the incentives are get attention and get donations and become a celebrity and maybe get a cable contract. And when those are the incentives, then everybody is on an island. And, 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 and play to your base because primary right. politics really drive so much within the House. And it's particularly among those members who voted to oust. There were eight who voted to oust Kevin McCarthy in that historic, unprecedented vote that happened almost two weeks ago now. And I got a chance to catch up with several of them, asking them about concerns, blowback that they may have gotten because of the fact that the House is paralyzed. They can't act on anything until they elect a speaker, but they say no regrets. Mr. Rosendale, do you regret your vote at all to oust Speaker McCarthy? We made a lot of progress in there today. I'm really, I really feel good. No regrets. No regrets. No. Follow the rules. Mm -hmm. That's the rules of Congress, and that's what we got. I think it was the right call, and I think we're going to come out of uh, this process stronger, a fighting Republican force. The way my voters feel, they look at the country, they look at the direction that we're going, and they don't think that we get out of this without pain or discomfort, and neither do I. But look, listen to how a swing district Republican, Don Bacon, feels about the position that those members put him in. It hurts the country. It hurts Congress. It's hurting our party. Uh, they're, they're putting us in a bad hole for next November. Does it put a swing district like yours at risk? Yeah, it does. It's, these guys want to be in the minority. That's exact, I think they would prefer that because they can just vote no and yell and scream all the time. I mean, there's a real fear that this all could cost them the House. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the DCCC Democrats are watching this very closely. They don't even have to intervene in it because they know the challenges that Republicans are bringing upon themselves. They have not been able to prove that they're able to govern anything that's monumental they've done. They've done with the help of Democrats, which ultimately got Kevin McCarthy to lose his position. And that is ultimately some of the challenge with Jim Jordan, too, as being the speaker. Some of these swing state Biden uh, district Republicans think that Jim Jordan cannot come to their district to raise money for them, that it's only going to alienate those swing voters that they need in order to win. And so this, there's just so many complications mm -hmm. here, so many layers. I don't see how the Republicans pull it together and unify over someone in the next few days. Yeah, we'll see. The another question is, do they try to prop up interim speaker Patrick McHenry, something that could potentially need Democratic support to do? What do Democrats want in exchange? Akeem Jeffries suggested give them more power in the legislative process, something the Republicans don't want to give up. But those types of discussions will get more serious the longer this drags out.